Hola, wonderful souls. Zena here, your globe-trotting storyteller, and I'm thrilled to welcome you back to Horses Stories. Today, we're jetting off to the vibrant city of Cali in Colombia, the pulsating heart of salsa, for a conversation that's not only deeply inspiring, but profoundly moving. Before we delve into today's episode, I want to ask you something. When you look into the mirror, how content are you with yourself? How fulfilled do you feel? Take a moment to truly ponder this. Are you living as the person you aspire to be? We've all experienced it. Standing before the mirror, we scrutinize ourselves. We notice the imperfections, those pores no one else sees, that nose we wish were smaller, or those lips we wish were fuller. We make changes, perhaps a visit to the barber or the salon or a dab of Botox here and there. And momentarily, we feel transformed, more at ease, ready to conquer the world. But what if, even after all those alterations, we still don't feel like our true selves? What if the change required to authentically embody who we are inside demands more time and effort? Embarking on the journey to become our true selves is the greatest gift we can give ourselves. It demands discipline, perseverance through tough times, and the courage to challenge societal norms and familiar expectations. Guy embodies this journey. Assigned male at birth, she felt a deeper connection to the feminine world. Leaving her home in Hong Kong to study in the States, she began the journey to transition into a woman. And in this episode, she bravely shares the conflicts she faced, the decision-making process behind surgery, and her experiences since embracing her true identity. Join us for this heartfelt and respectful conversation as we celebrate someone actively pursuing their authentic self. Isn't this what life is all about? Thriving to become the person we truly want to be. The sunset? No, the microphone. I've had like the ones where it's like big wiring. Oh, yeah. Well, did you have it? Huh? I've done a couple like episodes of like random things, like t- TV shows True. or like yeah, like things mostly related to talking about and, transness or oh, really? dating or something like that. So you talked a lot of times about the topic yeah. of trans. Mm-hmm. And how did you find it? Like, is it a topic you feel comfortable with? I feel more and more comfortable with it, mm-hmm. but I think it's a good challenge for me to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy doing it because every time it's just like, oh, like hundreds of thousands of people are going to see this. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever, I guess. But what I find really interesting is, you said you're struggling sometimes with talking mm-hmm. about the topic. Yeah. Why is that? I think it's like internalized, like shame. Yeah, I think it's like very similar to maybe how people who have been sexually assaulted sometimes feel like they don't want to talk about it. Maybe like mm-hmm. they feel like shameful. For me, I think it's very similarly like that. 
And I think it's mostly because society makes it feel like being trans is a bad thing. And then also my parents were not super open-minded and they were not like, uh, they were kind of conservative. Mm. So I think all of these things start going into the subconscious. And so it makes me kind of uncomfortable to talk about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of like internalized shame. Do you feel that everywhere you are in the world? Or do you just feel it like in general, but more in certain countries and less in others? I would say for sure, like when I'm traveling, I feel that I'm more open to talking about it. And in the countries where I do feel a bit safer, like when I was in Spain and Barcelona, I tried dating, like there was a lot of open-minded liberal people there. So I thought that when I was dating there, I was talking about it a lot. But for sure, like when I'm like in places like the Middle East, I didn't really talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I even talked about being trans one time, my entire time when I was in Jordan, because culturally it's just like a bit more taboo there. But when I'm traveling in other countries, I feel that in Colombia, I have talked about it a lot because I've started to talk, open up more Portugal and Spain also. And it depends a lot on the people, I, types of people I meet. I feel that it's easier with travelers mm-hmm. because if, I think two aspects, a lot of times they're more open-minded and they've seen a lot of different in the world. And also I feel that a lot of times when you're traveling, you meet someone and their impression of you can last one or two days and then they're gone. So maybe it's less intimidating. Most of the people that I've told have been people that I grew deeper relationships with mm-hmm. and who have stayed a long time. And so usually I actually don't talk about it so much with people that I know are leaving the next day. Mm-hmm. Or like if I just know I'm going to see them for like two days mm-hmm. and I don't have a deep relationship with them. And what are their reactions most of the time? you tell people that you're trans most of the people that i tell don't ever react in a negative way like it's Mm -hmm. all positive or like i would say it's a mixture of people who are like oh really Mm -hmm. i would not have thought or a mixture of people who are not they don't they're just very neutral as if i just told them i had a good dance class or something Mm -hmm. like but i think that's because i choose to tell people that i feel very comfortable with and Mm -hmm. i And I've had an understanding or a gauge of how accepting they would be of mm-hmm. this. I have a tendency to only talk to people about it when I feel like they won't react negatively. Mm-hmm. And how is it, for instance, if you're on a date with someone mm-hmm. or you hook up with someone for a night or something like that in yeah. romantic relationships, is it that you tell it from the beginning, hey, look, like, that's who I am Mm -hmm. or is it depending on the situation as well and on the person it's really changed a lot Uh so for example right after I got my surgery I finally felt like oh like it's not something that I need to talk about anymore when Mm -hmm. I'm having sex with people so for a while I was just hooking up with people and like if I meet someone in a bar I didn't tell them like it just didn't come up it was a one night stand And for a long time, I did that for even dating. I was like, there was a year where I was dating and I didn't tell people I would just go on a few dates with them. But then I never felt like I could really be myself or like mm-hmm. I could never really go f- truly f- 
fully comfortable Mm -hmm. because it's like, I've been on five dates with this person and like, there's only so many stories that I can tell from a perspective without talking about being trans because I've lived basically as a boy for 18 years. So when I'm talking about like when I went to high school, when my friends and like telling these stories, but like not telling them as like, Oh, when I was a boy or like, so it's Mm. just, feels limiting when I don't tell the person mm-hmm. when I'm saying these stories or like, Oh, have you always been a tall girl? Mm-hmm. And like these questions like that, that I'm just like, you know, like these are the opportunities where I feel like I could tell people. So I feel that it just, it really depends. And for a long time, I didn't tell people after the surgery, like I was just, yeah, going on dates, having fun. Mm-hmm. And then I just realized that I think it causes me more anxiety. Really? It was a, it was a fun period to like experience like just what is it like to just be a girl dating mm-hmm. and not have trans tied into it. But then the, the more I dated, the more I realized, yeah, like if I don't talk about it, I can just like feel like everything is the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's about how comfortable I am and I don't feel as comfortable if I don't tell the person Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's a part of me that they don't know. Yeah, definitely. So I practiced telling more people when I was starting to date again in Hong Kong, like when I left the U.S. and I went back to Hong Kong. And then I also practiced it a lot telling people in Spain, like in Barcelona specifically, like I went on a few dates where a lot of the people there know. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel in Barcelona it was so easy because, mm-hmm. like, there were so many people that didn't care or, like, yeah. were so used to it or they were so open-minded. Mm-hmm. So I think for sure it's easier in different parts of the world. And so I think that's also something I want to think about when I'm thinking about, do I want to live in Hong Kong long-term? Because it's not a space where I feel that people truly understand mm-hmm. that much. And, like, I just feel like if I really want to live my full life I have to move to Europe and live there mm-hmm. because one of like the economic differences and also like the more acceptance and knowledge of trans people mm-hmm. and also I just think the people there are more sexy <laughs> <laughs> in Europe in Spain in Barcelona in Spain? Yeah, yeah they're so hot I've never been to Barcelona so sexy. I think it moves up to my priorities <laughs> 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 I think it's a, when it's a coastal city, like like when it's by the beach and people are like out in the sun working out, mm-hmm. everyone is always sexy. Yeah, it's a completely different vibe for sure yeah. than the rest of the world or mm-hmm. a lot of parts of the yeah. world. So you said you started to tell more and more people uh-huh. about that you're trans and especially with men, did you ever had a bad reaction? I've had... I've had some, I have a few different reactions. There was one time, I think this was the first time I remember, well, there's a few times, but one really vivid moment I remember was I was in a bar with my friends and we were, we went into the bathroom, like a few of us. And then at some point, I don't know why, how it came up. Maybe I had, I think we were all in the bathroom and I had to pee and this was before my surgery. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and pee. Like people are not watching you when you're pee. So I was like, whatever. But at some point I was left alone with this guy and like he kind of 
it seemed like he didn't mind that I was trans. Like he was just like, Oh, you're trans. He's talking about it, but I felt really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I just like left the situation and just like told my friends, Oh, well, we're going to leave the bar because I oh, just really? felt mm-hmm. super uncomfortable with the situation. But this is not someone I was like sexually interested in. Mm-hmm. It was some like 40 year old dude who was mm-hmm. doing coke with us in the bathroom. And then I've had a few experiences where there was one time I went on a date and it was really fun and like guilt. Felt like we were really like both really touchy people and then mm. at the end we hooked up that night and then the next day I texted him to see how he was and then he told he texted me like oh I feel like you haven't been fully honest with me so mm-hmm. I think basically alluding to the fact that I wasn't telling him that I was trans mm-hmm. basically I was like oh I feel like I wasn't untruthful like it just I never lied to him about it it just didn't come off mm-hmm. and i was like we can have like a conversation if you want and then i just never heard back from him again. yeah really yeah uh, and then another time was with this guy that i met it was one of my friends roommates <laughs> like so i went over to my friend's place and her roommate was like fucking this guy at the time and one time I saw him walk up the stairs and I was like, damn, that guy is hot. Mm-hmm. And so we all hung out one time, like, because he was always there at my friend's place. So sometimes we're hanging out and talking. And then one time I matched with him on Tinder because mm-hmm. I saw him on there. And then we set up like a date to like go out or something. And then we went to dinner and afterwards we hung out for a little bit. Um, and then we made out and then he left that night and then he came back the next day we went to the beach and afterwards we went back to my house and we went into the shower and we were like taking off our clothes and taking a shower together wait that part is not so important but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we like moved to the bedroom afterwards and then we were trying some things like as he was like into bdsm and like different kinks and so he was telling me like trying something with the ice cube and like running ice cube mm-hmm. to the body and so we were trying this and he was doing this to me and then afterwards like at some point he was like oh i have to go like you have to go do something and then he left and then i took a nap and then afterwards i texted him actually we kissed and then he left and then afterwards when i woke up from my nap I texted him and then I saw that like, you know how on iPhones when you're texting, it's like a blue message. Yeah. All of a sudden it turned like green. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, maybe it means he blocked me or something. Like, so it's like starting this kind of um, paranoia and anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe now he knows I'm trans and he doesn't, like he's reacting very abruptly or negatively. And I called him. No, I texted him and he still responded. But mm-hmm. just the texts were changing and then I called him and he was telling me, oh, like it was just because he was changing his phone number with his parents or something. But then while we were having conversation, he asked me out of nowhere, like if I was trans mm-hmm. and I told him, yeah, I am. And then he didn't really react like super negatively, but he just told me that he wasn't really interested in seeing me anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that these were not like aggressive mm-hmm. reactions but they were just like reactions i think people sometimes are maybe nervous because 
I don't know. It's very interesting to me because it's like, it seems like maybe they find out during sex because even after surgery, like depending on who your surgeon is, like sometimes things are a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, things feel different. Maybe. Things feel different or they look different. Like mm-hmm. I have scars. So I think for some people, maybe they're like, oh, this is different, mm-hmm. right? That's interesting because they still continue with the experience. Like they don't freak out in the mm-hmm. moment, but then afterwards they're all of a sudden like super. As soon as you have time thinking, maybe you overthink and then mm-hmm. you change your opinion because yeah. when you're in the moment, you just feel it. You just mm-hmm. are there and enjoying and you don't have time to think, right? Yeah. But then after that, you know, you actually have time to think. And if you're an overthinker, you know, like, mm-hmm. or the person who's not really open in these terms, then, of course, they change their minds, which is, yeah. to me, ridiculous, because, you know, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what your past is, or if you were a man or a woman, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're still a beautiful human being, and mm-hmm. you have your personality, you know, and... Yeah. Yeah, but I think everyone has their own opinion on For that. For sure, yeah. And a, lo- a lot of people have, like... Um, I think a lot of people are scared of being perceived as gay. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that is this like toxic masculinity that people are like, oh no, like what does it mean if I like this person and they're trans? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it is that. And for some people, it's maybe not that. Some people, it's just like, oh, it's not for me because I don't know, for whatever reason, like some people are like, oh, I want to be able to have children or like mm-hmm. have a family or whatever. But most of the time, it's people who are just fucking around like you know like it's not ever like a deep like i feel like yeah this is something you want to think about if you're considering Mm -hmm. heavily that this is like gonna be your life partner Mm -hmm. but most of the time i think it's just people who are uncomfortable with it for some reason and what did it do to you this reaction of the guy were Mm -hmm. you really sad after or what happened yeah i mean it's like it doesn't ever feel good to be rejected sure but it really feels bad when it's like something that you already feel a little bit of shame about mm-hmm. that you're getting rejected over and over again. So it, I think it creates more and more shame and more and more. Yeah. Like in those experiences, I felt sad. You start to wonder, like I start to wonder like, will anyone ever love me mm-hmm. or like accept me for who I am? Like, why is it so difficult to date? Mm-hmm. so you have all of a lot of these negative thoughts about being trans and wishing you weren't trans mm-hmm. and all of these things and then sometimes for me it comes up this idea of like would it have been easier if i didn't transition really because i feel like when if i was still gay and presenting as a guy there's not this extra barrier this extra obstacle mm-hmm. it's just like will this other gay man or this bisexual man like me or not mm-hmm. it's not this extra layer of like feeling accepted right Mm -hmm. so sometimes that comes up for me Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of emotions but most of it is sad and Mm -hmm. frustration and like self-doubt and shame but do you think that if you didn't do the transition Mm -hmm. that you felt comfortable with your body that you felt the person you actually are it's a really good question um i feel like yes and no because i really always wanted to embrace femininity Mm -hmm. and like i was really drawn to it i was really wanting to express it but i guess 
I have a theory that mm-hmm. partially because my parents always wanted me to suppress my femininity, mm-hmm. then it was hard for me to accept that I can be both a guy and mm-hmm. be really feminine at the same time. And so I don't know if like there's this like dilemma there that's like, oh like can I be like super feminine and a boy at the same time or do I have to like just be a girl? But mm-hmm. like I told you before also I've had experiences when I was younger where all my friends were girls and they're all going to the bathroom together. And I'm like, I wish I could go into that bathroom. Mm -hmm. You know, I never felt like I really belonged in the, like with my guy friends or Mm -hmm. I never felt like I really belonged in the changing room with the guys. You know, Mm -hmm. I always felt a bit uneasy, like uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know if that's just like, I'm just uncomfortable because I was gay and I didn't, feel fully accepted of myself then or Mm -hmm. if it's because I felt truly uncomfortable because I felt internally that I wanted the world to perceive me and to be able to go to spaces and be a girl you know Mm -hmm. do you remember how it started that you felt actually I want to dress like a woman I want to Mm -hmm. be perceived as a woman until the time that you actually did the transition do you remember that Mm, for me it was kind of like interesting because i kind of started transitioning at first to be more ambiguous Mm -hmm. like more androgynous that's the word yeah so at first i think i was just playing with like mm, wearing short shorts or like Mm -hmm. a tank top that's like a crop top or painting my nails Mm -hmm. so at first it was just these things and then i don't remember like if there's a distinct moment that i was like okay today i will dress as a girl because it was so It was like a slow transition, Mm -hmm. you know, into the transition. For me, it was like, at first I was dressing a little bit more androgynous. Like, I was not wearing dresses for a long time. Just like leggings or Mm -hmm. tight shorts, like Mm -hmm. stuff like this. Like, a little bit feminine, but not like full-on dress, Mm -hmm. for example. And then I don't remember at what point I started transitioning, but I think at first I started doing it because... I wanted to look a little bit more feminine, a little bit more androgynous. And even when I moved to university, I remember changing my name to be a more androgynous one. Mm-hmm. Like I was going by, like my name used to be Austin. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got to university, as soon as my parents dropped me off, I started introducing to myself to people as Skylar. Um, and I had already started thinking of this, like androgynous names, like mm-hmm. before I went to university. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of like names that could be both girls and boys, like mm-hmm. Taylor or Skylar or like other names, Sam. Mm-hmm. Skylar's a really beautiful name and it's sweet to love. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was thinking about already this. So I was trying to lean more into this androgynous, like feminine space because I've mm-hmm. never been able to express it. But I don't know if there was ever, you know, the only moments I remember was when I would be in the shower when I was 14 or 15. And then it's like my own space. When mm-hmm. I'm in the shower, it's my own time. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking the towel when I was a boy and wrapping it around like how the girls wrap the towels, mm-hmm. like, you know, around the boobs and mm-hmm. like kind of it looks like a dress. I remember those moments. That's when I was like, oh, that's, I feel so pretty, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm wearing a dress. And I remember also there were moments here and there where I would be in the shower. After I shower, I would like, 
<laughs> I don't know if this is too much information, but like basically put away the penis behind mm-hmm. behind the legs to make it look like really smooth area so you mm-hmm. couldn't see it in the mirror. And I remember like having these moments always like when I'm really conscious of my body. Yeah. What it would be like to be like a woman. Mm-hmm. So I think those were the first moments actually that mm-hmm. funny enough I didn't really think about until just now. Like that really? moment with like tucking away the penis and like yeah. feeling like there's a, like um, a smooth area mm-hmm. like a girl. I didn't really think about these moments until just now. You yeah. Know, like how significant they might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing those and bringing it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when was the moment when you said, okay, yes, I want to do the full transition. I want to be Mm -hmm. a woman. That's a really good question also. I think it wasn't even when I, like when I first started taking hormones, it wasn't with the intention of fully transitioning. It was just like, maybe I'll see like what it looks like if I'm just a bit more androgynous. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, I just really cannot recall at what point, like, I'm like, this is when I want to become a woman, because I was really not passing at all mm-hmm. when I was first transitioning. And so really, I don't know if for me, there was a distinct moment that I can remember right now where I was like, yes, now is the time. But I think the more I got comfortable with being feminine and the more I got the more I was taking hormones, the more my face was feminizing, my body was feminizing. Because of the hormones? Because of the hormones. And Which kind of hormones? Estrogen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were also testosterone blockers at first. Mm-hmm. So the estrogen really, like, it's not as strong as testosterone. So for trans men, it's a lot more, like, noticeable. Like, when they transition, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, they start growing a beard. Like, really? Yeah. Is like testosterone has really like hard effects, you mm-hmm. know, and estrogen just like redistributes your body fat, lowers your libido, mm-hmm. maybe makes you a little bit more fuller and fatter in some mm-hmm. areas. But for me, because I'm so skinny already, it's like really hard for me to, there's not so many effects, but mm-hmm. for me, I think the more I was transitioning, the more I was taking hormones, the more I saw my body feminizing, the more I realized okay, like, I think I want to live fully as a woman. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to do the operation, right? Yeah, it took, like, deciding to do the operation, I had still had to wait one year mm-hmm. for the doctor. I had to, like, do the checkup. There was also, like, electros- electrolysis and, like, laser hair removal because there was, mm-hmm. like, if you have a lot of hair down there, you have to remove some hair because otherwise you will have like hair inside your vagina oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. yeah so it's better to do some of these and so like it took about a year to wait to do this so i think the point where i decided that i wanted to do it and the time around where i actually did the surgery was really interesting because i was in a relationship at the whole pretty much the entire process of that interesting so i was dating this guy before my transition mm-hmm. and then when the transition came i was still dating him and afterwards i was still dating him mm-hmm. for like half a year more so it was really interesting to date that person mm-hmm. and i mean now he's with like a woman who is not trans mm-hmm. and it was interesting because also like right before the transition like before the surgery he was like kind of um I think he was just like suggesting that we break up because he wasn't sure if I wanted that time to reflect and be by myself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would we break up? 
I'm having surgery. It like exactly. made no sense. Yeah, it was like interesting to be able to experience being with that person before and after surgery, mm-hmm. and also like experimenting with my being able to experiment with my body for the first time with people that like a person that I trusted. Mm-hmm, definitely, was really really important. I have so many questions in my mind. <laughs> There's, um, how did the surgery go? Like, how does it work? The whole process. Mm-hmm. The surgery basically goes. You go into the surgery room, but basically, mm, they reconstruct like the head of the penis into the clitoris, mm-hmm. and then they remove some parts of it. And then for the canal, there's different types of surgery, which is like like the inside. There's a few different ways they can make um one called like a perineal. What is it like perineum? Mm-hmm. It's like basically like right around the stomach lining. Like they can connect that, and then that's one of the surgeries. Or they can like invert, like basically the skin from the penis and the testicles mm-hmm. to be like inside. Like they just like basically invert it inside. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, and then the labia, which is like the outside, mm-hmm. is also like just like the skin from the testicles. Because there's so much skin there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another surgery where it's like the same, but the inside is made with like. A colon graft, or like, so they take a piece of your intestine and then they put it in there, and that makes it more like a wet or mm-hmm. like more mucosal. So there's different vaginas they can make with different surgeries, mm-hmm. and each of them, of course, have a different, I think, feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of them have a different level of self lubrication, also, mm-hmm. like with the, the peritoneal and also the colon one. Like it's already like moist, and so it's like always lubricated. Mm-hmm. And then with like the penile inversion one, it's not as lubricated, so you have to use like lubrication when you have sex. Oh wow! And of course, it's like different because it's like the inside mm-hmm. is not like it's like the inside is like more skin-like and mm-hmm. less like mucosa-like. Like it's more skin-like and less like the inside of your cheek, for example. Mm-hmm. Like there, you can feel they're different. You know. Mm-hmm. Then you can choose from all the different ones, whatever you like. Depending on the surgeon. Okay. Mm-hmm. For example, like, I think most surgeons are doing the penile inversion technique, and then some are experimenting with, like, more newer techniques or different mm-hmm. techniques. So sometimes it's hard to find. Like, for me, I went with the surgeon because it was covered by my insurance. And really? Yeah, it was and a major yes, part. Right? Yeah. And so it was mostly like motivated by that. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I can get it paid for. It's going to be free. Cause I was like a university student. Like I can all think about like, oh, I want to pay like tens or 20 or 30 thousands of dollars to like mm-hmm. go somewhere to do the surgery. But for me, it was just like, what I want to do it like soon. Mm-hmm. And I want to do it like for, for as least amount of money as possible with mm-hmm. a decent surgeon. Mm-hmm. And it was covered by my insurance and it was also in my city. So I did it because of that. And so I didn't really have a choice of like which one I wanted to get. Mm -hmm. I just got it. And part of me kind of wishes I waited Mm -hmm. to get like the perfect surgeon for the perfect, Mm -hmm. you know, the perfect vagina. Mm -hmm. Um, But then that would have been meant that I had to live my life not fully as a woman, Mm -hmm. I feel like, for longer. Yeah. And I feel like it's like a lot of that is like when you're going swimming, it's like you don't want to always like think about 
oh, my penis is going to mm-hmm. fucking pop out. Mm-hmm. Or even when you're dancing with people, or even when you are like living as a woman, but having a penis and like having to think about like, oh, like if I'm feeling horny towards someone, like, mm-hmm. like what if like mm-hmm. something, you get an erection or something like, it's just well, for me, I just didn't want to like have that. You yeah. Know? So I was like, okay, get rid of it as fast as efficiently and as free as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And was it a painful operation? I was on a lot of painkillers. Yeah. For me, it really depends on the person. Some people are like really out of business for like two months, three months. Mm-hmm. For me, within the first week, the first week was really hard. But after the first week, I just took ibuprofen and I was like, okay, really it was not so painful anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. And after the first month, I was basically like walking and mm-hmm. going dancing, like totally fine. But what hurt for me was after your surgery, you have to dilate, mm-hmm. which is like kind of like when you get, you know, like an ear piercing, you cannot just take the ear piercing out mm-hmm. right away because it will close. Yeah. It's kind of the same when you get the surgery, mm-hmm. you have to dilate. So three times a day. I would have to stick this dilator, which is this just like this dildo that's hard mm-hmm. um, inside, like for 20 minutes. Oh, wow. So basically to keep it open. Otherwise, it'll start yeah. getting close and smaller. Mm-hmm. And that was the first like three weeks was painful. Mm-hmm. I remember like sometimes it would be bleeding. Oh, wow. Sometimes it's like you really are like pushing because it's like right when you're have an open wound like that Mm. like when you have a piercing for example Mm. like the first few weeks are like the most prone to closing Mm -hmm. so i remember really like it was that was the most painful thing and then afterwards the pain was not so intense anymore Mm -hmm. but i couldn't have sex for three months i couldn't go in the pool for like two or three months Mm -hmm. also but everything else was not Mm -hmm. super hard and now you're a woman you know like you have everything every woman mm-hmm. has as well and what changed in your life ever since that's so interesting um what's changed i feel more comfortable mm-hmm. like when i'm going swimming for example i'm not thinking so much about about you know the crotch area as much mm-hmm. when i'm just like dancing with people and also like i feel more comfortable when i have sex mm-hmm. generally like Given if the person knows that I'm trans, I feel really comfortable now with my body mm-hmm. when we're having sex. Like, also sensationally, it's different. Tell me more about it. Yeah. Like, you have both experiences mm-hmm. having sex as a man and now yeah. as a woman. Like, for me, sensationally, like, now it's, like, kind of unlocked this space that I've never felt. I've never felt what it's like to be penetrated through the vagina mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is such a different sensation and now it's like being fingered is a different new sensation mm-hmm. also so it's like really interesting and like even though like they didn't add any parts they're mm-hmm. just actually they're removing parts i can still feel like there's a new sensation because there's this new different access right like mm-hmm. there was never you could never access inside in that mm-hmm. way so i feel now that there's this like new feeling this new sensation mm-hmm. a new way for me to orgasm almost like mm-hmm. it's a different more intense mm-hmm. orgasm but it took me a while to learn how to achieve it okay you know okay. like at first I was just like, okay, rub the clit and then orgasm. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was not so intense. But once I realized, oh, when they're fingering me and then also rubbing the clit, 
an aura orgasm, that's when it's like, wow, like mm-hmm. a whole body experience. And that's what you never had before as a man, right? Or as a boy? Yeah, I feel... So when I was a boy, I was only really, of course, having sex through like anally. Mm-hmm. But that is just a different sensation. It's like really intense and sometimes really painful. Mm-hmm. And also I've tried once like using my penis to fuck someone and mm-hmm. for me i was like this is so strange mm-hmm. like i really didn't like this feeling of like something around mm-hmm. my penis you know like it mm-hmm. felt really like it was it just felt really strange mm-hmm. you know so i never felt like i really used the penis in that way mm-hmm. but i was being fucked when i was still a guy mm-hmm. anally and that's a completely different sensation it's really really intense mm-hmm. and really takes a lot of preparation like t- it's a really slow process you know mm-hmm. so i feel like it's a completely different sensation but also for me what's interesting is that i've always been able to orgasm multiple times mm-hmm. even as a man yeah when i was a guy i was still able to orgasm multiple times wow Uh, and I think everyone can do it. It's possible because I know it's possible. So yeah. Like so, and I've talked to not a lot of men, but like I've talked to one or two men that are like, oh yeah, it is possible. Mm-hmm. And like back to back, also like not waiting. Mm-hmm. Like you might not be fully erect. I never met a man like that. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's possible. They just don't know their potential. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could be a good YouTube tutorial. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's a, like. A, It's hard to explain, really, mm-hmm. but um, it's all it's possible for sure. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like you might the guy might not be fully erect the second or third time, mm-hmm. but it's still possible to have that orgasm. And you might not be coming six times, like it not be it might not be like mm-hmm. shooting ejaculation five times, but you can still have multiple orgasms. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's different. Maybe it depends on your brain also. Mm-hmm. I don't know because like I like not a lot of guys do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that there's scientific studies that show that trans women have the brain chemistry more similar to a woman than to a man. Like when they do mm-hmm. MRI scans, mm-hmm. they find that trans women actually their brains light up more similarly to women Mm -hmm. so maybe because of this it's easier for me to maybe because orgasms are also mental it's Mm -hmm. not just physical right definitely so maybe that's also an aspect of it Mm -hmm. but i want to believe that it's very possible for all men to orgasm multiple times Mm -hmm. they're just not unleashing their (laughs) their energy properly (laughs) unleashing the energy of multiple orgasms Mm -hmm. what a wonderful thing for men Mm -hmm. i mean like women can do it For sure. And how? What do you prefer, the male or the the orgasm as a woman or as a man? For sure, as a woman, I think mm-hmm. for sure because it just feels more like a whole body experience. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't know if it's changed much, but I will just say that the new sensation of being able to be fingered plus the external stimulation is just like wow! It feels like intense because so many things are happening at mm-hmm. the same time. Versus before, it was just like, okay, it's the same stroking or it's the same like thing. Mm-hmm. But now it feels like two parts are being stimulated mm-hmm. like inside and outside. Mm-hmm. So it feels more intense for me and feels more whole body and feels more, I don't know, mm-hmm. just feels better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ever since your transition, do you feel your attraction to man has changed? Mm. That's a good question. I would say that I'm more comfortable now somehow with men who express a little bit of femininity Mm -hmm. 
because I feel like before I was like, so I really wanted to prove that I was a woman or something. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to be with a guy who was super dominant and masculine. Mm -hmm. And I still want that, but like, I still feel that now I'm actually more open to a guy who expresses a little bit more femininity. Mm -hmm. I feel that the types of guys I'm attracted to didn't necessarily change because of finishing the surgery mm -hmm. but just growing as a person like growing as a person as a human being mm -hmm. i feel that now i'm more mm -hmm. yes looks matter but i also really really value how open that person is like mm -hmm. both emotionally and sexually and emo like everything like just looking for someone who's open-minded mm -hmm. and who is easy to talk to and who we really connect i feel like that mm -hmm. now is so much more important to me mm -hmm. because I think my sexuality has changed. Like before it was just like, I want to fuck, I want to fuck, I want to fuck. Mm -hmm. And now it's more like I really value an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's changed. Mm -hmm. Is that now as a woman, like I didn't really think it was going to happen because I was already on hormones. Mm -hmm. But really like after the surgery, I really like craved much more intimacy, relationship, connection, closeness. Mm -hmm. Even if I knew that I wasn't gonna be with that person forever i wanted that mm -hmm. i wanted that intimacy that closeness that like relationship mm -hmm. huggy touchy feely like kissy like you know feel mm -hmm. but before it was just about i want to fuck i want to get oh, fucked that's super interesting yeah i talked to a lot of gay men mm -hmm. and what i felt during these conversations is that as a gay man you just want to have sex all the time yeah. and it's so easy to actually For have sure. you know sex with apps like Grindr or like just going to bars and mm -hmm. it's like a diff complete different interaction between yeah. men and men. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I found it really surprising, surprisingly honest, like the amount of sex like gay people have, it's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely agree for me it's as well, super important mm -hmm. to have a connection to someone before getting intimate. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that it changed for you as well right. after the transition yeah super super interesting yeah for sure i think like that's why gay men have so much sex is because men just in general have a higher libido and higher mm -hmm. sex drive so when you put two people with <laughs> likely a high sex drive together of course something lots of happen. sex yeah. yeah for sure yeah are you planning to do other uh, surgery as well there's a few that i think about Mm -hmm. For sure, I want to remove my Adam's apple. And then I also want to shave down my jaw a little bit, like facial feminization surgery. Mm -hmm. And then also shave down the brow bone a little bit. And then maybe shave down the nose a little bit. Mm -hmm. They're like very subtle things I want to do. Yeah. But when you're trans, you really like notice mm -hmm. feminine and masculine traits in people yeah. and in yourself. Mm -hmm. And so... These are the ones I think about. Yeah. Whether I will do them, also they cost a lot of money. The tracheal shave, which is the Adam's apple removal, that one is more easy, simple, and cheap. So that one, I think I for sure will get at some point. But the yeah. other, like the facial ones, mm. they're really like, you need to find a good place, a good mm. surgeon, and it's more expensive. Mm. So I just need to think about what I want to prioritize. Definitely. It's crazy to me because for me, you look totally feminine. I don't see any masculine uh, things on your face when I look at you. you know, for me, you're totally feminine. But for sure, like, if you look at yourself, every person knows that. You know, like, 
you start noticing mm. the little details, you know, like, for instance, when you cut your hair, you know, like, no one notices, but you always yeah. know, like, I cut my hair, you know, yeah, like, these yeah. little things, mm -hmm. and I understand you, I mean, like, whatever makes you feel more comfortable, yeah. I, I think you're a really beautiful woman, I understand as well, you know, like, you want to look in the mirror, mm. and you want to be like, yeah, yeah, I, I look the way I want to look. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that I know there's parts of me and most of my body or my self is feminine, but there are parts where like in certain angles, for example, or mm. in certain lighting or in certain situations, like <laughs> I call this, there's this lighting that I call, um, this, this lighting is really trans unfriendly mm -hmm. it's like this overhead lighting like that light right there like where it's <laughs> just coming from above mm -hmm. because it really highlights like it, it's a really strong lighting mm -hmm. and it's not soft so it really highlights like if you have a thicker brow bone mm -hmm. it really emphasizes it so i just want to like feel comfortable in my face and my body all the time mm -hmm. not just in certain lighting in certain positions in certain angles mm -hmm. like when i take pictures for example i'm always tilting my head a certain way mm -hmm. so that it can appear like my jaw can appear smaller mm -hmm. and you can see less of the adam's apple i don't want to think about these anymore you know mm -hmm. like i just want to be mm -hmm. and i think what it is is i just want to look the way i would have looked mm. if i never went through male puberty mm -hmm. like i still want to look like myself but just like without some of those masculine traits that mm -hmm. of course develop when you go through puberty mm -hmm. yeah do you also have like a trans community that you exchange mm. thoughts or ideas or give each other tips or anything or something like that mm. with my friends i don't have so many community like that but there are like different forums online mm -hmm. that talk about for example surgeons mm -hmm. or for example sometimes when i'm thinking about like right when i got the surgery i was like worried about so many things like oh my god is this supposed to be happening mm -hmm. like is that supposed to be happening and so a lot of times i would be looking on these forums for people who have posted similar experiences like for example on reddit mm -hmm. or like different websites that allow you to talk about these things but i think that's what i'm missing is like a community of trans people or just like a few trans friends that i can talk openly about this with mm -hmm. which is why i wish i spent more time and talking with sam because i wanted there's so much i want to like talk to him about like about being trans you mm -hmm. know like there's so many experiences and like things that other people are not going to understand and i feel like that's what i really miss mm -hmm. so i feel like i want to give him a phone call and just like talk to him you know and that's something you can definitely do yeah like all trans people that i met so far they're all so open-minded mm -hmm. and they want to share their experiences i mean like at least towards me or people they trust to mm -hmm. and as soon as they open up you know they're all about it and yeah. super super open and sam as well i saw his scars and i was asking him what, what happened mm -hmm. and he opened up and told me yes uh how you felt About top surgery top surgery yeah and it was like just I, i felt so grateful that he was so open about it i think everyone should should be that open of course mm -hmm. there are certain places in the world unfortunately you can't be as you mentioned yeah. in the beginning of our conversation like in arabic countries mm -hmm. and then there are places like Colombia, Mexico. I'm quite surprised actually about uh, Latin America because yeah. when I first got here, I thought people are really old-fashioned in that mm -hmm. sense. But uh, 
gay community, trans community in Latin America is huge. Yeah, I've seen a lot of actually trans people in Cali. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like people that I know are trans. Of course, yeah. like there are people that you don't know are trans or that yeah. are just walking through day to day life. But I've seen some people that I'm like, oh, she's definitely trans. Yeah, like yeah, even yeah. yesterday, there was a girl there. There were at many the girls. Club. I think there were like two, three girls. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I saw one for sure, like okay. in the heels, and then the rest mm-hmm. I didn't have my glasses. But. Yeah. <laughs> But even yeah. here in Cali, one time I saw this trans girl walking through, like, ordering something yeah. at the bakery. I really hope yeah. that at some point in our life we're going to be that developed, that yeah. everyone can live the way they want to be and can be yeah. the person they want to be without, like, my life mentality is that you can do whatever you want to do unless mm-hmm. you hurt other people. Yeah, absolutely. And if you feel like you want to become a woman, then do it, you know. If you want to be a man, then do it. Yeah. Just, like, do whatever makes you happy and mm-hmm. don't don't cause pain to other people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have one last question for yeah. you. Thank you so much for opening up until now. Like, it's super, super interesting to listen to you and share some insights in your inner world um one last question it's something out of topic i always do that it's like just uh, oh, i started to do that mm-hmm. a question like connected to you and yeah. you can just say whatever you uh-huh. want take your time what makes you feel alive what makes me feel alive for sure dancing mm-hmm. like this is something that i've fallen in love with this past year mm-hmm. and that i've really been like this is like I've never in my life experienced something where I'm like, I could just do this like the whole day and I'll be happy, Mm -hmm. you know? And dancing is one of those things where I'm like, oh my gosh, I really feel energetic, like Mm -hmm. so amazing when I'm dancing bachata, for example, but also like, for example, when I'm dancing with you and we have these like moments where we're just dancing with someone and connecting Mm -hmm. and like, like uh, contact dance. Mm -hmm. And also I have a moment I thought about the other day, I was like, in nature Mm -hmm. and there was this small waterfall and i just remember there like so happy to just be in the water like it's cold and freeing and splashing water like a kid you know Mm -hmm. acting like a kid again makes me feel free Mm -hmm. i think that's what makes me feel the most alive is Mm -hmm. when i'm acting like a child playing in the sand playing in the water Mm -hmm. like not being thoughtful just mm -hmm. being present yeah when you're feeling more than when you're thinking Mm -hmm. that's when you've i feel that i'm the most alive Mm -hmm. when i'm more in my body because i think i'm more of a body person Mm -hmm. than i am a mind person Mm -hmm. even though i overthink a lot and i have anxiety so as much as like now i always think about things but it feels much better for me to feel my body mm-hmm. and experience things through my body than it is to think about this mm-hmm. yeah i think these things make me feel alive dance movement yoga being in nature and just playing like a kid and connecting mm-hmm. with people and feeling community beautiful answer yeah i hope you're gonna have so many so many more moments in the future where you can be a child with a community where you dance a lot and just do the things you love and you enjoy and you are that kind of person you really do the things that you want and that's so impressive really inspiring and i hope every person in this world will have the chance in their life to do whatever they inspire uh, inspired inspired to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah. you oh, thank you yeah.
As we wrap up this episode, I invite you to take a moment to reflect on the journey we've embarked upon today. Through Sky's story, we've been reminded of the profound importance of embracing our true selves, no matter the obstacles we face. Sky's courage in navigating the complexities of her identity, despite societal norms and familial expectations, serves as a beacon of inspiration. She has shown us that the path of self-discovery is often met with challenges, yet it is also a journey filled with immense growth, strength, and authenticity. So as we bid farewell, let's carry with us invaluable lessons that Sky has imparted. The importance of striving to become the person we truly want to be, regardless of the opinions of others. Let's celebrate our individuality our uniqueness, and our capacity for growth. And to Sky, we extend our deepest admiration and respect. Your journey is a testament to the power of courage, resilience, and unwavering self-belief. May you continue to walk proudly along the path you have chosen, knowing that your authenticity is a gift to the world. And to you listeners, thank you for joining us in this inspiring voyage. Until next time, remember, the journey to becoming the person we want to be begins with a single step. A step towards our true selves. To stay updated on more transformative tales, hit that subscribe button for Horses Stories on your preferred podcast platform. And as we part ways for now, keep dreaming, keep believing, and keep living your most extraordinary life. The world is vast and your potential knows no bounds. Safe travels, fellow adventurers. May your journey be adorned with boundless joy and endless inspiration. Until we meet again, bye bye. Tanto que vivir